0: Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Excelsior. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Starring Elise Crowick as Captain Rachel Cortez.
1: With Larry Phelan as Lieutenant Commander Elkar Dovan.
2: Ben Randall as Alexander Lorock.
3: Michael Liebman as Alex Roll.
4: Caitlin Haney. As Lieutenant Asuka Yubari.
5: Today's episode, The Excelsior Returns, Act 3, Turns of Events.
6: All five have been transported to the brig.
1: Good work, Mr. Rill. And I second that, Lieutenant.
6: Thank you, sirs. Now let's just hope half Betazoids can read lizards. We'll find out in a few minutes, won't we, Mr. Rill? Bridge out.
1: What's our position,
6: Navigator? We're out of weapons range, sir. No indication of pursuit. It's because we can fly circles around them on one nacelle, sir.
1: Very well. Full stop. I want full repairs before we go back in there. Next time we aren't going to be stopping for tea and biscuits with the enemy, if you know what I mean.
2: So that's it? We just
6: sit here and put on band-aids while the Volandrian do god knows what to the captain?
1: Who knows, Mr. Helder, maybe the Volandrian decided to give our senior staff an all-expenses-paid trip to their tropical zone. The weapons fire afterward was a mere courtesy detail. Of course we're going in, Commander. We're just not taking a kilometer-long target with us. Dovan, to engineering.
4: Ado here, sir.
5: Dovan groaned inwardly, remembering something Captain Amazoff had taught him. Never, ever, ever, for any reason, ever let your chief engineer leave the ship. Ever.
1: Crewman Ado, do you have all the technical data we've gathered on Valandrian sensors?
4: Yes, sir.
5: Good.
1: They're not the most advanced race in the galaxy, from what I gathered.
4: No, sir.
1: Perfect. I need the muztag outfitted with an anti-Valandrian stealth flight mode and ready to launch in 47 minutes. Pull any resources you have to, from any department. And check with Arden Pichigrota in sciences. He could be of some help to you.
4: Commander, I...
1: I know you can do this, crewman. Neither I nor the captain would have assigned you to command the shift if we didn't have every confidence in your abilities.
5: What he was actually thinking was, my God, what have I done? But there was no reason to inform crewman Adal of that particular stray thought.
4: We'll get it done, sir.
5: That's what I want to hear,
1: crewman. Dovin out. Mr. Amara, have a security team in Shuttle Bay 1 in 47 minutes. In fact... This ship has marines, doesn't it? Heb Hastings and a detachment of his people meet you there, too.
6: Aye, sir. And in the meantime?
1: In the meantime? It's about time we had a little chat with our prisoners. You want to be the good cop?
0: just needed a minute to think, Lieutenant.
2: Well, it looks like a Starfleet hologram to me, sir. Doesn't that mean we just remove it and try to figure out what happened?
1: Lieutenant, it's a great deal more complicated than that. We're talking about a... a... I'm, I'm sorry, Captain.
0: Don't be, Ensign. Please go on. Maybe if you say it aloud, I'll be able to make more sense of it.
1: Lieutenant, we're talking about a massive violation of the Prime Directive, no matter what course of action we take. This machine has been here for... what did she say? Nearly half a millennium? And has evidently become central to Valandrian religion and science.
2: The Directive orders us to clean up any cultural contamination, which means removing the hologram.
1: Does it? What would have happened on your native Trill 400 years ago if an alien race had come out of the sky and removed Captain Ronak Vex and the great prophet Zarquan out from the middle of their careers? Would that have removed their influence? Or altered and amplified it in ways we can't even begin to predict?
0: You see, Lieutenant, societies can't be modified as easily as a computer program. You'll have to think a little differently than you're used to out here on the frontier.
2: I'll do my best, ma'am.
0: Of course you will, Lieutenant. I'm going to have a talk with the Oracle. Wait here.
3: Beyond that, I have no Captain Hastings,
0: I want you to take it's your marines you and investigate before. this cave a little more. Spread, shifted, I've
3: spread out. If this to is the Federation possibility vessel possibility from the future, we yet. may
0: be able to find As some things in here that Valandrin don't
3: know yet. about. Ah, Captain. less valuable until the critical moment.
7: Premier,
0: may I speak with the Oracle?
7: It is not permitted. I have already stretched many of our laws, simply in bringing you and your males here.
3: Actually, Vettrinna, I would like to speak to her. Please, I require only a few minutes.
7: Very well. I shall await you outside, Captain. And then we can begin to discuss your... friendship and knowledge, you said? Exactly who and
0: what are you, Oracle?
3: I'm the USS Oracle, Starfleet registry number N.C.V. eight three one two four. Memory bank query. You are Captain Rachel Cortez, serial number DG-381-279. I had expected Captain Suresh at the Excelsior.
0: Captain Suresh is dead. I'm in command of the Excelsior.
3: Dead? So soon? The events outside Valandria are already being affected in ways I could not have predicted. Why are you here, Oracle? During the battle, I was severely damaged and forced to execute a crash landing. Unfortunately, a previously unknown element in this mountain range created a feedback loop within my temporal transponders. Your what? My temporal transponders are designed to allow retrieval of future technologies to prevent contamination of the timeline. So why are you still here? The interference of these mountains has been blocking my signal. I have not been able to call for a rescue.
0: For six hundred years?
3: Yes. I was pulled back in time by the feedback loop. The crash was catastrophic, killing the entire crew upon impact.
0: And how did you meld your hull with the mountain, Oracle?
3: Information unavailable. Database corruption is extensive. I apologize, Captain. I have suffered extensively. In answer to your query, my main computer has listed cross-references to Thaven and The Mini, but I can no longer make any more sense of that than you can.
0: Were your ethical subroutines damaged in the crash?
3: There was minor damage, but it was quickly repaired.
0: Then why did you disobey the Prime Directive?
3: I have followed the Prime Directive to the letter, Captain.
0: On what grounds do you claim that?
3: The Prime Directive orders that Federation representatives do everything possible to correct cultural and temporal contamination, with caveats to preserve a species from extinction within limited circumstances.
0: Which is exactly the opposite of what you did...
3: On the contrary, Captain. When Starfleet discovered the Blanton in my timeline, they were a gentle peace-loving race. They were even vegetarians. Then it's even worse than I thought. Indeed. The contamination must be contained.
0: Oracle, you're not making sense. You caused this contamination, and now you want it cleaned up?
3: Captain, you're forgetting about the prior contaminants.
0: What prior contaminants?
3: Information unavailable. Database corruption is extensive. Oh, dear. Captain, something's happening outside.
0: Very well. We'll continue this later.
3: I hope so. Everything depends on it.
0: What's he talking about? I don't know. Whatever it is, it has me worried. Status report, Mr.
2: Hastings? Movement, Captain. A couple of minutes ago there was a flash of the beam down And now we're movement. Looks about a dozen Velangeon males, possibly more.
0: And our weapons are inert.
2: I've called back the Marines. Most of us have found bladed weapons or borrowed extra swords from Petrona's party. Mr. Larac here even discovered a full size batleth in one of the weapons lockers. But if they attack
7: They will not attack, Captain. I am their premier. Despite the Oracle's prophecy regarding you, there is not yet call for assassination.
0: And what prophecy is that exactly?
7: Premier, I ask permission to join you. Towards what purpose, insolent one? Parley. On the other hand, perhaps it would be best if your males took appropriate precautions. Mr. Hastings? Round up the troops. On it, sir.
5: Premier's palace was once used by the great Valandrian warlord Chalice Kha, though no one knows who built it. Kha clan was only the most recent decorator. The castle, because that's a better word for it than palace, is of sturdy rock and mortar, constructed atop the highest hill outside Thaven, the capital. Rounded by eight keeps where the sentries and nowadays anti-orbital phaser batteries have kept watch for a millennium, the castle exudes military strength in a way that the Presidential Palais in Paris never could. The interior decoration is, if anything, an exclamation point on this general theme. The Premier's office, for instance, beyond the usual desk in what passes for a chair on Valandria, is chiefly notable for the skulls of former planetary leaders wringing the walls. This originates from the days when new rulers ascended the throne by assassination. In these civilized days, of course, it is simply a tradition that when a ruler dies of natural causes, she donates her head to the wall. It is, however, still a rare event for a ruler to die of purely natural causes. The current moment of history is two years before the Excelsior arrived in orbit. Alcar Devan is just beginning his long leave of absence on his homeworld of Galt. Captain Cortez is in her second year as First Officer on the Mercury, and the Excelsior is being pushed into mothballs after the promotion of Ralka Grin. Nonetheless, the Excelsior, though not by name, is the topic of conversation in the most powerful room on this backwater world?
7: What then is your plan, Premier Sarga G?
4: My plan, Matriarch? This is a question you have
7: never asked before. Such an opportunity for our people there has never been before.
4: Your Point is sound. On the day the skyship returns to fulfill the prophecy, we shall penetrate their defenses, sparing no blood in our holy task, and we shall feast upon their crews, while the oracle shall guide us in understanding their technology. Their powers will then be put to work building a mighty fleet for Valandria, and, on the appointed day, we shall destroy the prophesied invaders, these reawakeners of the Wasting, then take the Federation Empire under our own wise guardianship.
7: But, Premier, that is not the way I see the prophecy at all. They will not be attackers, but merely catalysts, perhaps our only salvation.
4: You live in the future, Betrana, and have lost your eyes for the past. The prophecy speaks of their protection. When in history has that not meant conquering? And a conquering by our own capitulation, no less. I will not stand for it.
7: But, Premier, our people could never muster the armies required to defeat this star fleet. Their fleets span not planets, but galaxies, and their resources... Mind your
4: place, Na. Do you doubt the strength of Valandrian arms?
7: Of course not, Premier, but I doubt the power of our world to bring forth the raw materials that would— You will be silent. Premier, if I may, might it not be the wiser path to seek alliance with these outsiders? They would be mighty— I demanded
4: silence, and you place yourself in dire peril by ignoring my commands. I am surprised, matriarch of the Nah, by your willingness to consort with these aliens. How can a people that puts men in their leadership, that despises war, that determines their rulers by the mutual consent of the weak, how can these be worthy allies? And once we are firmly in bed with them, What assurance have we that they would not seek more intimate terms to bed not just our world, but our men? Do you see a Valandria beridden with mongrels as our future?
7: How dare you suggest that I would endorse such an abomination? I see only sanity, and you attack the honor of all children in Clan.
4: You seek alliance with these foe-women. You seek to weaken the blood of Clan, so that you might be able to claim the throne of
7: the Premier for Na. And you would see our world laid to waste before accepting the reality the sage god Oracle has given to us. I challenge you, Betranah. I accept your challenge. Let us take to the courtyard and take up the swords of honor.
6: And then, as we would all assume, Betranar won the challenge, slew Saga G, and became premier of all Valandrin.
1: And don't forget the final detail.
4: Sister! Saga G, I at lost. I, <coughs> I invoke. The pond of blood. You know that there is no need to invoke it with me. I will do anything you ask, Premier Sargaji of the Valendrin.
1: And staring back into her sister's eyes, Premier Sargaji, her lifeblood rushing out of her, makes her final request in the name. Okay,
8: Alcar. We don't need to get sappy. This other girl, Surydji, who now runs their military, she says she'll do whatever her sister wants, which is to get revenge on Betrona. And so two years later, even though it seems Betrona has abandoned her ideas on peace, we might still be able to find an ally in Surydji, despite her clan's feelings towards the Federation.
1: Such a dry way of putting it, Doctor. And since when are we on a first-name basis? Okay, so it's a nice story, Mr. Amara, but where exactly did you get it? The prisoners were hardly consistent in their stories, any of them.
6: True, but I was able to piece the facts together with some effort. You can't lie to a telepath, after all.
8: True. I wish, however, that our guests had been aware of that.
1: Doctor, the Alteran Prisoner Convention is quite explicit that all captives need to be informed of the presence of a telepath before an interview begins. We fulfilled that obligation. I saw no stipulation in the treaty that demanded we define telepath for them if they're not already familiar with the concept.
8: (laughs) Hardly the spirit of the law.
1: If I recall correctly, the treaty also requires that a formal declaration of war be made before any attacks on enemy vessels if a properly authorized head of state is within communications distance. This is one of those rare occasions when a war actually began with such a person available instead of some backwater like Salem-1.
8: I wouldn't call this a war, sir.
1: Then the captives lose their POW status and are to be treated as rogue agents of the Valandrian government. If you have any further protests, you can make them to the captain after we rescue her, using the intelligence we just gained from that interview of questionable legality. Do I make myself clear? Crystal. Anyhow, Lieutenant, you seemed very focused during the interrogation on this event from two years ago rather than what's been happening in the last few hours. Why?
6: Well, sir, I thought this event illustrated something we might be able to use. Telepathic evidence is inadmissible in court, of course, but I think there might be more division in the Valandrian hierarchy than they'd like to admit. Any interaction with either Betranar or Suri-G should be handled with the most extreme caution, but it might be possible to play one off against the other.
1: Analysis worthy of a diplomat, Mr. Amara. And I believe all three of you have a flight to make. Crewman a should be done with her modifications by now, and the Marines should already be in place. Thank you all for your assistance in the interrogation. And Mr. Rall, nice work containing the intruders in the first place. It was a top-notch operation.
4: Thank you, sir.
8: I'll be right there. I need to pick up some supplies in sickbay.
1: If any of you need me, as Starfleet protocol makes all too clear, my place is on the bridge. Mr. Rall, Mr. Amara... Good luck to you both.
6: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, sir? Which way is the main shuttle bay from here? Um, this way, sir. At least I... Ow! Oh, I'm sorry, Lieutenant. Not like me to be so clumsy. Sir, what did you just slip into my pocket? I'm sorry, Mr. Roll. Sir, I didn't make infiltration specialists in my unit by my being an easy target for pickpockets. What did you... An isolinear chip? I've never seen that thing before in my life, Lieutenant. Maybe you should play it back sometime, when you're good and ready to figure out the dreams. How do you know about the dreams? Lieutenant Junior Grade Alex Pavoni roll I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's an order. Now, let's get down to the shuttle bay and save the captain, shall we? Aye, aye, sir.
7: I do not parley with my advisors, General. I parley with my enemies. I do not wish to be your enemy, Premier. No friend would say such words. Psst. it is the words that have taken us to this sad place, Premier. It is words that brought us your sorrow, G. but not the Oracle's words. Your sister's, her dying one. I will kill you now. If you are not surrounded by a half-dozen brave warriors right now, I might actually fear that. And now you insult my honor. Do you dare to challenge me in honor combat? If you will not do what must be done to save our people. You see the prophecies with eyes tainted by your hatred for me. We will not harm the allies until... I decide to do so. There are many who agree with me, Patrona. Then let us see who is right. So be it, then. That didn't seem to go well. On the contrary, Captain. It went very well. Now I will have the opportunity to evaluate your skills in terrestrial combat.
0: Then you're certain she's going to attack.
7: Strange, Captain. I had not taken you for a blind woman. Sorry, G will attack me first. Remain here, apart from us. It would be beneath my honor to allow a guest to come to harm. Premier, with respect. Captain.
1: No.
0: Then at least accept the presence of my personal guards. Only your mails. All right. Hastings, take them in with you. Sergeant Ernest will remain with me.
2: So will I.
0: That's an order, Captain.
2: I call regulations. If you force me, ma'am.
0: Very well. The rest of you join Betranaz's force, except you, Mister Lorac. You'd be torn to pieces in there. Aye, aye, sir. aye sir. Is everyone armed?
7: Aye, aye, aye sir. Aye, sir.
3: Captains are moving.
0: Draw weapons. Good luck, everyone.
2: Charge! Oh god. They're not going for the premiere. They're coming right at us. Marine Squad, fall back on Captain Cortez. Hastings, what are you doing? Get behind me, Captain.
0: No, Hastings. We face this together.
7: Regulations, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Uh.
6: Main shuttle bay launch doors are opening. All shuttle moorings secured.
1: Flyer Muztag, you're authorized to detach your moorings and begin final exit sequence.
6: Acknowledged. Decouple. D D De-
1: De- Mr. Amara? Ah! Mr. Amara! Dovan to Amara! Bridge to Muztag, come in!
8: Sharp here, sir. Amara just collapsed on the controls. We're still moored to Shuttle Bay.
1: This may sound stupid, Doctor, but why did our Chief of Special Operations just lose consciousness?
8: I don't know, sir. Symptoms are very close to an acute stage of the Talaxian brain pox, but I've never seen anything like this.
1: As I recall, there's an incubation period on the brain pox, right? And isn't it also incredibly contagious?
8: Exactly right.
1: So why did only one man get hit, and why so virulently?
8: I don't know, sir. Readings are erratic. His cerebral cortex is undergoing some sort of hyperstimulation. I have to get him to Sick Bay and run some tests right away.
1: Negative, Doctor. Captain Cortez and her team may be in need of medical attention. We need you down there. Dr. Savar can take care of Mr. Amara until you get back.
6: Lieutenant Roll here, Commander. If the boss is out, who's commanding this mission?
1: I am. Repressurize the shuttle bay and get Mr. Amara out of there. We leave in 60 seconds. Dovan out. Mr. Helder, somehow you have the con. Yes, sir. Don't get the ship blown up, Helder.
4: With my life, sir.
1: Dovan to transporter room. Emergency site-to-site transport. Beam me to the flyer muztag.
5: A few minutes later, in the dark-crowded cabin of the Mustag, Alcar was muttering to himself. Space.
1: It says it's big. Really big. You just won't believe how vastly, hugely,
8: mind-bogglingly big that the whole- Alcar? Yes? Shut up.
5: So he did. This did nothing to dispel the feeling that he always got at the controls of a shuttle craft. With space all around him across the whole of that wide cockpit, it was hard not to imagine the near-infinite reaches between the bone-white specks of light that dotted the vast emptiness. With all the lights in the Mustang off to help evade visual detection, the effect was only amplified, and Ovan was awestruck as he slowly made course corrections to avoid the defensive satellites he could see on passive sensors. So far, the anti-Valandrian scattering field that Crewman Adow had built in record time was holding up nicely. They were on a nearly direct course for the space facility where they had originally been attacked. The plan, according to Lt. Rawl, was to sneak in through one of the lower docking ports, whose access codes Mr. Pachikrota had somehow managed to crack nearly a half hour earlier. Then they would make for the nearest computer bank, tap into the station's security logs, and find out where Captain Cortez had been taken.
8: You might want to give that one a smaller berth. Otherwise, you're going to have to use a detectable amount of counter-thrust for the next one.
5: And you graduated
1: from piloting school when? Hmm. Really, Doctor, I don't think we've...
8: I've got something. Human life signs, among others.
1: Thank you. What's the docking port nearest their position?
8: What? Oh, no. There is no docking port. They're on the planet.
1: What? Why didn't we pick them up down there?
8: There's some kind of intense radiation field reflecting over 95% of our scans. Source unknown, type unknown. I'd love to have Pichigrota take a look at this.
1: Unfortunately, we left him behind. I'm adjusting course, but I think it's important to note... The stealth technology won't work in the atmosphere. We know. Doctor... I'll be taking your seat.
8: You're welcome to it.
1: Entering the atmosphere...
5: that seven Valandrian attack vessels just diverted from patrol. The first ship will enter weapons range in... Five minutes, seven seconds.
1: Increasing throttle. Dr. Sharp, are you going to have enough time to get our people out of there?
8: That depends on what kind of casualties we're... Oh my god. This is a full-blown engagement. Heavy casualties on both sides... I'm reading lacerations and blunt impact wounds consistent with... Handheld weapons?
1: Why were they fighting with swords when our marines had phasers? No idea, but let's target the remaining phalandrin and drive them off with the precision of... What the devil? I just lost phaser control. We're losing power. Sensors. Communications. Warp drive.
8: Transporters. Life support.
1: The reason they fought with sticks and stones. Quick! Give me manual control before we lose navigation. taking us in get that door open go go go
5: first thing Dovan noticed was the stench of blood and death, an aroma that was the same for every species he had encountered. There were bodies everywhere of the lizard-like Valandrin and the infinitely more important Starfleet species. Whether their prone forms betrayed injury or death bore closer investigation, but at least this brutal form of combat had forced the two sides into a small area. They could easily be loaded into the shuttle." Dovan was still scanning the area, trying to find the captain's red uniform among the three Starfleet and half-dozen Valandrins still standing.
0: Commander!
1: Mr. Hunter!
5: You're, you're covered in blood!
1: <coughs> Not important, sir.
5: Hunter gestured to a spot on the ground a few meters away, where Dr. Sharp was hunched over a fallen body a fallen body in a Starfleet Command Branch uniform. Jovan ran. Doctor!
8: Commander, I don't know whether she's going to make it. My tricorder is completely powerless. Damn this radiation!
1: Do what you can, then tend to those you can help. Those Valandrin cruisers will be here in four minutes. We need to be out of here before their troops hit the ground.
8: Wait, sir. Four hundred cc's of improvoline, cortisone, and kaolin. Just press and push. Right. Lieutenant.
1: Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Lieutenant, this hypo is empty, Mm. so unless you want me to slap you away...
2: Did I miss my shift? Blood. Ugh!
1: Blood? Are you alright? Can you move? You've got a fairly painful-looking cut across your spots.
2: Never become a doctor, sir. There were Valandrin... Not ours. They attacked us. We tried to protect the captain. I found this bizarre battle, of but Philander... They're
1: huge. Dr. Sharp is working on her now. Come on, let's get you out of here. We have a shuttle.
2: No. No? No. This Oracle of theirs, it shaped their society. It's from the future. It's from the Federation. Whatever you say, Lieutenant. Now, come on shuttle No sir it's in the caves over over there the prime directive is and it has information a lot of information never did like the prime directive fine
1: lorak all right let's just go get your oracle
3: Poor Federation officers. What an eventful day. I don't have time for this. Where's your plug? I beg your pardon?
2: Lieutenant! Here. I've got it. Carry this. Sorry, sir, but there's no time for decorum. You don't need to tell me! Let's move!
1: Sonic booms. They're getting close.
8: Commander, Lieutenant Ral says that there's incoming, and I need to get these people back to Excelsior
2: right now. Ever tried running with a cut on your leg the size of your hand? The field here. It will disrupt electronics. I know. Igniting reserve chemical propellant.
1: We should be out of the field in one minute.
2: Small Valandrian aircraft. They've got kinetic weapons coming out behind us.
1: They were planning this from the moment we got here. Take evasive
2: maneuvers. There's a thick mountain ranger bearing 050. Head that way. I have an idea. Yes, sir.
8: got wounded back here. Stop rocking the damn ship.
2: We dodge or we die. Take your pick. There. Take us between those two cliffs. There's no room! Do a barrel roll. Uh, Sir, give me a firing window on that mountaintop. Lieutenant! Sir, trust me. FINE!
5: just as Lorak had predicted the photon torpedo caused a landslide the debris of the peak came crashing down smashing two of the velandrian aircraft and causing another to veer into the cliffside one
2: left and I'm fresh out of mount I'm an engineer not a tactical officer improvise reserve fuel is almost dry right. we need to get high enough for normal engines working on it hold on We've got phasers. Now would be a good time. Get us behind him. but the rain, Doc.
1: Well done, everyone. Let's get home.
8: Sir, I've got two dozen reports so far. It's definitely the same infection, and I have no idea what the vector is. Food poisoning? It's one of the possibilities. I was going to ask you to shut down all replicator activity until we know more.
1: Will do. What about...
8: uh... Coming through. Get him on the bed. What is it, Nurse Rosian?
2: Commander Helder, ma'am. Same symptoms as the others.
0: Thirteen...
8: I can't even begin to deal with these infections until I've stabilized the wounded. And that's why I brought you down here, sir. Captain Cortez suffered multiple impact traumas, massive intestinal tearing, and is going to need a full lung transplant. I can keep her stable for the most part, but she's going to need medical care at a starbase. And even then... Her chances aren't good.
1: And until then?
8: Until we get her back to 911, I have no choice but to induce a coma.
1: Can I speak
8: yes but be brief Alcar Commander
0: Captain Mr. Dovan get these people out of here alive
1: I will
3: Captain
8: I need to begin the procedure.
1: Commander, you're back on your feet. Good. I need you for some. Go ahead, Computer. Recognize voice print, Lieutenant Commander Alkar Dovan, Executive
5: Officer.
4: Voice print authenticated.
5: Before he spoke, Alkar considered all the times he had had to take emergency command. The Centaur, the Virginia, and the Jem'Hadar fighter he and the Klingon ambassador had commandeered at 2nd Chintoka, the IKS, Suicidal Insanity. He tried to draw on those past experiences... Without remembering that he had lost all three with ship, captain and crew. Computer Transfer
1: all command codes to Lieutenant Commander Al Dovan. Authorization Dovan Quator septum.
4: Awaiting authorization from the executive officer.
1: That's you, Lieutenant. What?
2: I mean. Oh. Verify authorization. Lorok 11. Execute.
4: Transfer complete. USS Excelsior, now under command of Lieutenant Commander Alcar Dovan.
1: Dr. Sharp. Am I correct in thinking that the Third Alteran Convention forbids the use of biological weapons?
8: Yes, of course, sir.
1: In that case, Mr. Lorock, it would appear to be our legal imperative to remain here and investigate this unprovoked biological attack against 13 of my crew.
8: That's something of an assumption, sir.
1: It's not an assumption, doctor. It's an excuse. Mr. Lorock. Ready your engineering teams. We're going back in.
5: In that episode of Star Trek Excelsior, Daniel LaForce Johnson played Jack Elder, Alistair Stewart played Leo Amaro, James Haney as Rick Hunter, Alex Keyes as John Hastings, Joyce Bender as Betra Na, Kennedy as Sora G, Sam Gillis as the Oracle. Episode executive produced and adapted for audio by James Haney, co-producer Alex Keyes. Post-production by Gary Cobham, Mike Hennessy, Jim Spagata, Alex Keyes. Narrator, Mike Hennessy. Musical credits are available on-site with special thanks to darker projects. Bravo Fleet, and Gene Roddenberry. No infringement is intended against Star Trek, which remains the property of Paramount Pictures. sure to tune in for the Excelsior's next adventure Wildfire coming March
3: 2008 This has been an Excelsior production